Going back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 5. And this is a message that comes from our daily Bible reading, although we're going way back to the beginning of the year. We'll pick up our reading in Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, and read for a little bit there. I went to see both Randy and Boo in the hospital there on, on uh, see, that was Friday. Randy's in Riverside, and Boo is in OSU, Davis Hospital. And of course, you know, with, with, with Miss Boo, it's hurry up and wait. She's got a heart monitor, and, and they saw something that they were concerned about, and they said, you need to hurry up and get up here. And then she got up there, and then she waited around all day long to get a catheterization and was feeling impatient. So she'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, you'd pray for her during this time. And then as far as Randy goes, it's going to be weeks before he can come back, I think. But when he gets up to it, uh, feeling a little bit better, uh, then we're going to try to bring church to him. Me and, me and Brother Clifford and maybe Randy uh, Presley uh, and Dave, if you wanted to come too, we could bring church to him and have a little Bible study and prayer meeting with him when he's feeling up to it. All right, uh, Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. And that's the only one that was made in the likeness of God was Adam and Eve. They're both collectively under the name Adam. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son, don't miss it, I'd underline it in your Bible, in his own likeness. Not in the likeness and image of God. That was lost after the fall. Now, of course, man was originally created in the image of God, and therefore life is sacred. Therefore we should not murder Children in the womb or otherwise, because life is sacred, because man was created in the image of God. But after the fall, the image was lost. So don't ever look down at someone, uh, not look down at them, don't ever look at someone and say, that's someone that is created in the image of God. That's not so. That's not biblical. That's someone who is in the image and likeness of Adam. When I look at the three kids in my in my home, our son Lucas and then Lily and Jace, they're precious. But they're in the image and likeness of Adam. Okay? And I can see that, am, that image stamped on them and stamped on their hearts. Old Adam comes out all the time. And old Adam comes out in, in mom and dad, by the way, too. And, and, and you don't get the image of God restored until you get saved. Now, when you get saved, the image and likeness of God is restored. We're, we're reborn. We're made new, a new creature. And so you can say, if you're saved today, that I have the image 
and the likeness of God because I've been born again. Now, not in this old flesh. It's still corrupt. This old sinful nature is still corrupt. You can't change it. All you can do is mortify it. Consider it to be dead. This old flesh is not in the image and likeness of God. It's in the image and likeness of Adam. But there's a new man on the inside, the spiritual man, that is in God's image. So in his own likeness, after his own image, and therefore every man born after this, every man, woman, boy and girl, is in the image of Adam. Verse 4, in the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he what? He died. You know what we're doing? We're walking through the graveyard chapter of the Bible. We're taking a walk through the graveyard. He was born, and he died. He was born, and he died. All through the chapter. Verse 6, and Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos, and Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years, and he begat Canaan, and Enos lived after he had begotten Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalel and after uh, 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And then his days came to an end in verse 14 and he died. You'll notice that over and over again. Verse 17, Mahalalel. <laughs> That's my best pronunciation of that. He died, verse 17. Verse 20, all the days of Jared were 960 and two years and he died. We see the effect of the fall, don't we? The Bible's trying to teach us something here. The wages of sin is death. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because of sin, men die. By one man, sin entered into the world. Romans 5, verse 12. And death by sin. Because of one man, because of our federal head, the head of the human race, Adam, death came. But look at verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years he walked with God. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years and... No, he didn't die. Verse 24. I was being a little bit tricky. Uh, sometimes I'm a sneaky pastor. <laughs> he didn't die. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. There's a wonderful truth. There's a couple of wonderful truths right there in that verse. One, God took him before the judgment came. Don't miss that. That's a picture of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. God is going to take the church before the judgment comes to this world called the wrath of God. So he's a great picture of the raptured church. Not only that, but we're going to see something else that that teaches as we get into our message. I'll, I'll save that, maybe leave that like a cliffhanger there. Well, what happened after that, after God took him? 
Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Now, if you're ever playing Bible trivia and the question is asked, who was the oldest man in the Bible? You're going to be ready now. It's Methuselah. 969 years. And then also in verse 31, and he died. All right. I want to preach a message this morning on Enoch. On Enoch. Pastor Freeman texted me last night, told me he's praying for the service today and for my message. And I told him what I was preaching on. He said, I love preaching on Enoch. And I gave him my outline. He said, that'll preach. That'll preach for sure. And he, he wanted to let us know that he's praying for this church and he appreciated his time here. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord together in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd now speak to us through your words. I pray, Father, that you'd give us understanding, teach us something today. Help us to walk in your words and to walk in your ways. And Lord, we lift up these needs to you, those that were mentioned. We pray for Randy and for his recovery and and for Boo, that her heart would be set back in rhythm. And I pray that you'd just help her during this time and cheer them both as they're on their bed of sickness And just be with them in a special way since they can't be with us in our fellowship. And Lord, we miss them and we love them. Lord, we pray for the Lee family as they're away and getting some rest. I pray for their safety. Also, we pray for Jojo and her husband passed away. And Lord, she's taken it so hard. And and Father, I just pray that you'd be with her and and, uh, during this time, this transition. Uh, And Father, that you would give her hope and encourage her heart and cheer her heart. And Father, that you'd be closer to her maybe than you've ever been in her whole life and that she would draw close to you and i pray for the family of bob cox as they as they mourn their loss today and as they lay a loved one to rest and father i just pray that you'd be with us in this message we thank you for ever getting saved and father i pray for all the children that come under our care in this church to truly be saved and uh, we thank you lord we thank you that you're still a miracle working god we thank you for all your goodness toward us in jesus name Amen. Amen. Now, uh, we don't know what Enoch was up to for 65 years. And verse 21 says that for 65 years, uh, he was doing something, but he wasn't walking with God. It says after 65 years, then he had a son, Methuselah. And once he had this son, then he, he walked with God. Something changed. And for 300 years after that, he continued to walk with God. A steady, progressive walk, getting into a deeper and deeper relationship with the Lord. What happened? And so we, we've studied this before, and you're familiar with it, I'm sure. But the name Methuselah is a name that means that uh, when he dies, it shall come. His name means to be sent, and, and it has the idea of sending an arrow to its target. And so uh, Bible students have studied this over the years, and they realize that his name is somewhat of a prophecy, and that means that when he dies, the judgment will come. And he's also the longest living man in the Bible, so that's a great picture of God's long-suffering. God waited 969 years before he sent that judgment. When he dies... It shall come. God gave man a long time to repent and to to return to him. 
God wanted all men to walk with him, but this Enoch, he's special. He walked with God. Was it because of the, the name, the prophecy that went along with this child? Was it simply because a son was born into the family that he realized, I have this great responsibility now of being a father and of being a spiritual leader. And so then he began to walk with God. We don't know exactly, but I have a tendency to think it's because of the prophecy. But, you know, he walked with God in a time when... Uh, no one else, practically speaking, you can look around, no one else is walking with God. No one else is following God. He lived in troubled times. He lived in dark days. But he walked with God. And that tells us that it is possible for you and I in these last days, in these troubled times, it's possible for us to walk with God and to keep walking with God all the way till either the Lord takes us to heaven uh, by way of the, uh, the undertaker, or he takes us to heaven by way of the upper taker, as they say. So in this message, I want us to consider the reason for the great change in Enoch's life. And more importantly, find out how we can walk with God today. There's an old illustration, and uh, it's been told many times, but I want to retell it this morning just in case you haven't heard it. I heard uh, J. Vernon McGee use this same illustration when he was teaching through the Bible on this passage. It's not originating with him, but the illustration goes like this. A little girl comes home from Sunday school, and she, she says to her mom, Mama, today the teacher was teaching us about Enoch, a man in the Bible named Enoch in the book of Genesis. And her mom said, oh, that, that's good, honey. What did you learn about this man named Enoch? And she said, well, the, the teacher taught us that this man named Enoch walked with God. And uh, she said that she explained it like this. Every day Enoch would go to the gate of his village and he'd wait there for, for God to come along. And eventually God would come along and say, Enoch, you want to walk with me today? And, and they'd leave and they'd go for a walk. And God would talk to Enoch and, and every day Enoch would go to the gate and wait for the Lord. And the Lord would come along and they'd go for a walk. And, and the Lord just really liked Enoch. And Enoch believed in God. And uh, just day after day, Enoch walked with God for a long, long time. And then one time, God came to the gate, and there was Enoch waiting like he always did. And God said, come on, let's go for a walk. And they just walked and walked. And God had so much to say, they just walked and kept on walking. And then after walking for a long time, the Lord said, you know what, Enoch? You're closer to my house than you are to yours. And God just took him home. It's a great old illustration, and it teaches the truth of this passage. I think that's a great way to teach it, isn't it? You're closer to my house. You know what? Enoch walked with God for 300 years. He could look back, and he could say, you know, I was, I was just living for myself for 65 years. He could look back and he could, he could beat himself up. All the years that I've wasted. All the years just spent on self and, and sinful pleasures and ignoring God and faithlessness. I just lived like everybody else. He could look back and just beat himself up and mourn over his lack of faith. But instead, he just walked with God. You know, you might be looking back on your life. You might have 65 years behind you or 
You might have a large number of years where you didn't walk with God. You might have been like I was and, and you made a profession of faith and you, you asked Jesus to save you. And by the way, when you ask Jesus to save you, he will. He's going to do it. He'll get it done. But, but you ask Jesus to save you and then there are those years, those wasted years. You know, life is short. It will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And you lived many years not serving Christ. You, you served yourself. And you sought this world's uh, pleasures. And, and, and you can say, well, I look back on that and, I, and I just, I'm so upset with myself. Don't do that. That doesn't do you any good at all. To live in the past will actually keep you from looking to the future and looking to walking with God now. It will actually hinder your walk. Don't do that. Don't look back on, on the wasted years. Look ahead and walk with God. You can walk with God. In the life of Enoch, we see three things that will help us to understand what it means to walk with God. First of all, we need to be reconciled to God. If you notice in verse 21, Enoch was reconciled to God after the birth of his son Methuselah. And he walked with God for 300 years in verse 22. To be reconciled to God, it means to to take a sinner and reconcile a sinner to a holy God. To bring a sinner into favor with God. It means to take one who does not please God, one who is at variance or at enmity, one who is crossways with God and bringing him to a relationship where now he's in line with God's will and walking with God. To have peace with God, to be reconciled, to take a broken relationship and restore the relationship. If you want to walk with God, that's the first thing that has to happen. You have to be reconciled to God. This, this same truth applies to a lost sinner who's never been born again. That's step one, is to be saved, to be born again. And then you are reconciled to God through the atonement, through Christ's shed blood. We are reconciled with God. And this goes for those who may have Wasted years behind them. Yes, I've trusted Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm saved. I was baptized and I started out following the Lord, but I got off track. It goes for you too. be reconciled to God. In other words, if you're walking with God, you're going in God's direction. You know, imagine there's Enoch. He's standing by the gate of his village. God comes by and God says, Enoch. You want to walk with me? Listen, God's setting the direction. If you want to walk with God, God's got to set the direction for your life. God sets the purpose of your life. He says, you come walk with me, not not I'll walk with you, and you tell me where we're going. No, God tells us where we're going to go, and he says, you come and walk with me. God sets the direction. He sets the distance. The duration and also the destination, if you're going to walk with God. So, in, in, in other words, when, when a person decides that they want to be reconciled to God, that they want to follow Him, you know, they're renouncing evil. They're saying that I agree with you on right and wrong, and, and I want to do right. 
I want righteousness. You can't follow God and live unrighteously. You can't follow God and live in sin. No, to follow God is to renounce sin and selfishness and every way of man and to follow God, to be reconciled to him, to go in his direction. In other words, folks, if you're going to walk with God, God sets the course for your life. If you, uh, if you and I are going to go together, let's say we're going to go together uh, to go to a preaching meeting. Let's suppose I say, well, we're going to go and we're going to go hear a preacher and we're going to go up to this church in Canton. Listen, if you get in the car with me, I'm driving. You're riding. That means I'm setting the course. I'm setting the direction. We're going where, where, where I say we're going. I'm driving. I don't need drivers driving from the passenger seat. I don't need drivers driving from the, the back seat. No, the, the driver's seat's only in one location, right in front of the steering wheel. Listen, if you want to be reconciled with God and walk with him, you have to resolve yourself that I'm going to let God set the direction and the course for my life. Is that the case with you today, this morning? Would you say, yes, I'm allowing God to set the direction? Is it? Because I'm not talking about just for an hour on Sunday. I'm talking about all week long. Enoch walked with God every day for 300 years. And you say, how do I know if I'm allowing God to set the course and set the direction? Well, this is your roadmap. You're walking in his words. You're walking in his ways. Deuteronomy 5.33, walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you. Joshua 22.5, walk in all his ways to keep his commandments. It's a life of faith and obedience. 1 Kings 15.26, he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father. You know, we read the kings and we read about men who did right. And then we read about men who did evil. The ones who did evil walked in the ways of man. Listen, you can either walk in God's ways or you can walk in man's ways. But the two don't go together. One or the other. To be reconciled with God, you've got to have faith in God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews chapter 11. You've got to renounce your own selfish and sinful ways, the years in which you did not walk with God, and you've got to let God set the direction for your life. And it means obeying the words of God and following his ways. And to be reconciled, don't forget this, to be reconciled includes victory over death. Did you catch that as we read in Genesis chapter 5? And he died, and he died, and he died. What happened to Enoch? He didn't die, did he? There's a great picture there. Enoch was reconciled to God after 65 years of living for himself, decided to to be the man that he should be for his son and, and for the rest of his posterity. And God took him. It's a great picture that there's victory over death. You know what death is? It's separation from God. Eternal separation. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. And the flip side is 
But the gift of God is eternal life. So you have two things. You have death and you have eternal life pitted together, compared on a flip side. One is death, eternal separation from God in a place called hell. And it's like a waiting place. It's like a waiting room waiting for the lake of fire. The great white throne judgment. But the gift of God is eternal life. So when you're reconciled to God, you have victory over death. You know, uh, I hear people talk all the time. It's okay. We know where they're going. We know where they're going. They're going to a better place. Those may sound like simple words. But I've watched people when it's their turn to walk that path. It's their turn to go through that valley of the shadow of death. It's their loved one that they're parting with. And those words mean a whole lot more at that moment. I know where they're going. They're not suffering anymore. They're in the presence of Jesus. What a wonderful thing to be reconciled with God. But listen, there's a lot of people who get saved and they don't really walk with God. Do you know that there are only two men in the Bible that it says that they walked with God? Does anybody know the second one? Enoch is one, and there's a second. Does anybody know who it is? It, well, Elijah was the other one who, was, who went to heaven without dying. Yep, that's true. But there was one more that the Bible says he actually walked with God. It's Noah. Noah walked with God. Now, you could say, but the children of Israel, they walked throughout the wilderness and God was in their presence. And yes, that's true. But the Bible actually says two men walked with God. Not very many. Noah was by himself, wasn't he? But he walked with God. And you can too. You say, I've tried and I've failed. Listen, let's just go to Hebrews 11 real quick and we'll move on to the rest of our message. Hebrews 11, just look at it. And and mark it in your Bible if you don't have it marked. Such an important verse. Such a key verse. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 and 7 and 8. You know, I love all kinds of preaching. I love revival preaching. But we can't live there for the rest of our Christian lives. We have to have a lot of teaching. And that's the job of a pastor. It's to do a great deal of teaching. To, the, the, the purpose of scripture is given for doctrine. And then the job of a pastor is to reprove. That's a soft correction. To correct the way people think. To correct actions sometimes. A lot of that's just done through the word of God. And then even to rebuke. To rebuke people sharply when they're out of line. Uh, reprove, rebuke, Exhort. People need a lot of exhortation to encourage them, to motivate them, to move them along in the ways of God. But a lot of what a pastor does is a lot of teaching. And I tell you, I've grown under the teaching of the word of God. I like all kinds of preaching, but we need plenty of teaching in our regular diet throughout the year. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, well, verse 5, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Enoch. 
was translated. You say, how did he do it? How did he walk with God for 300 years? I've tried. I fell on my face. I failed. I feel so bad about it. Again, don't look in the back of your life. Don't look at the back pages. Keep looking forward to the next chapter in your life. Walk with God. You can do it even in these last days. But how? By faith. There's no other way. We begin our spiritual life by faith. We continue, Paul says in Colossians, by faith. You've got to have faith to believe that God can work in your life and that you can walk with him. You place your faith in it. By faith, he was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. God changed him. And took him to heaven. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, this is a man under the old dispensation in the Old Testament. This is before the new birth. This is before the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit that enables us, empowers us. Because you can't do it. You've got to believe by faith with Jesus being in me by the Holy Spirit. That (laughs) Listen, you say, I can't do it. I'll tell you what Tom Malone told us. Uh, George Griffiths, when he was just a young man trying to pastor a church while he was in Bible college, Pastor Freeman told me this, and he came back from a summer of trying to pastor a church, being only, I think, 19 years old, and he said, it was so hard, I struggled, I don't think I want to do that again, and he was being interviewed by Dr. Tom alone, and Dr. Tom alone said, Jesus in you can. Jesus in you can pastor that church. Listen, Jesus in you can help you to walk with God until you get home to heaven. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. By faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. But Enoch pleased the Lord because of his faith in God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Put your faith in God. Trust in him. Your faith will please him. We won't be perfect. We won't be perfect. We'll stumble. Listen, the Bible says that a just man falls seven times. A just man. Even a just man falls seven times, but he gets up again. You just got to keep going. You see, you've been justified. God has, by your faith, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, given you his imputed righteousness. And now God is is trying to work in your life to make you more and more in practice every day what you really are on the inside, which is righteous, declared righteous. You please God because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And now God on the outside wants to make you every day more and more righteous. That's why it can't just be a Sunday morning thing. It can't just be one hour on Sunday that you walk with God. It's got to be every day of the week. Have you grown to that level in your spiritual life? If not, there needs to be some growth, some maturity where you live and walk with God daily. Are you? I could ask your spouse. And your spouse would know, right? Number two, not only do we need to be reconciled to God, we need to cultivate a deepening relationship with God. So back in chapter 5, verse 22, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. Now, 
If you've been saved for any length of time, and if you've been trying to walk with the Lord, you've noticed that you have a deeper, deeper relationship than what you had when you first started. You've gotten to know God on, on a different level through suffering, through joys and, and victories, and through everything in life, we get to know God more because the Bible says that as we obey God, he reveals himself to us. It's a great principle in scripture. God will not reveal himself to those who do not obey him. You say, where do you get that from? Well, we're not going to go there, but Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You remember that? You, you read it in, in uh, the gospel of John. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then what did he say? He said, if you keep my commandments, if a man will do that, then my father and I will come to him and we will make our abode with him. You say, what's that mean? What's abode? It's a dwelling. It's a word I've used in my lifetime before I was even saved. I used to talk about going to our abode. And, uh, but it means that God will make himself at home with you. And Jesus said he will reveal himself to you. In a deeper way, listen, that other people don't get who disobey the Lord and walk in disobedience. There's a level of knowing God. And what would it be like after 300 years? That means he had a relationship with God that we will not experience in this lifetime. Just deeper and deeper and deeper. You know what? I know my wife on a level after being married to her that I know her on a deeper level now than what I did when we first met. And when we first met, we talked all the time. Uh, we, we, we were talking from a distance, getting to know each other, just hours on the phone. Just never got tired of it, getting to know each other. And the more that we talked and communicated and the more time that we spent together, the better we got to know each other. But that's nothing like what it is now. I know her on a deeper level. And, and, if, and I, I was with a couple last night who had been married 65 years. I know uh, my, my grandpa and my, my grandma on my dad's side, they were married for, I think, 67 years before my grandpa passed. I know a couple that have made it to 67. But imagine how a person gets to know another person after that many years. Well, it's the same with God. You say, uh, how do I cultivate a deepening relationship? Listen, this is not complicated. It's not complicated, but it's often the easy things in the Christian life that are so hard to do, isn't it? Have you found that to be true? It's the easy things. It's the basics. It's the fundamentals that are so hard to do because it requires discipline. It requires dedication. You say, what is it? If you want to get to know God on a deeper level, you simply have to spend time with him. Time. How do you get to know someone? You spend time with them. You know, there's people that I used to know when I was back in college or people that I used to know back in high school, and I don't know them anymore. You know why? Because I don't spend any time with them. But those that I do keep up with and I spend time here and there, we get together for one thing or another throughout the year or we text back and forth or we, uh, I, don't, I don't use Facebook, but, but uh, you know, every once in a while I have a group of guys that I'm in a, like a texting group and every once in a while we'll text and talk about prayer requests or something the Lord showed us in our Bible reading. I, I, I keep up with those guys. But if I were to spend more time with them, I would get to know them on a deeper level. You need time. And then you need communication. If you'd like, time and talk. Time and communication. Because 
if Beth and I were to stop talking, guess what? As you go out through life, we change, don't we? I'm not the same person I was in my 20s. I'm different. I'm not the same person I was in my 30s. I feel like it on the inside, but I'm different. And when I get 50, you know this, when I turn 60, 70 years old, I'll be a different person. My dad was talking to me about that last night. I went up there to their house and we watched fireworks. Their neighbor does fireworks. And it was like almost as good as Racine's fireworks. It was, I can't believe it, how much money they must have put into that. But we sat there drinking our coffee and eating homemade donuts and uh, watching the fireworks with my, my dad and Patty. And, and my brother came up and my cousin was there and a few others. And, and uh, you know, my dad was telling me, he said, I used to be a different man when I was younger. He said, I was just really quiet, kind of backward, and uh, I didn't like people, and I didn't talk much. But he said, these days, I love people. He's saved. He, he loves the Lord. He's always given a witness and testimony for the Lord. He says, I just love people. He loves everything. He loves animals. He, would, he couldn't hurt anything. If you tried to get him to butcher a chicken for a Sunday dinner, he would not do it. He'd let somebody else do it. He just, just gentle and loving. He changed. You change over the course of life. Well, what happens if you stop talking? You won't know each other anymore. Right? Time and communication. It's very simple. You know what I'm going to say already. You should start your day with the Lord. The Bible's how he talks to you. Prayer is how you talk to him. Listen, you're, you're at the gate of your village. The Lord comes by. He says, you want to walk with me? With me. In my words and my ways. Faith and obedience to my words and my ways. You want to walk with me? Not today. Not today. I'm going to walk my own way. You'll make one of two choices every day. The Lord comes by. You want to walk with me, Enoch? Yeah, Lord, I want to walk with you. And you go for a walk with the Lord. And he's got so much he wants to tell you. And he wants to just be with you. Fellowship. That leads me uh, to my last point. You know, if you don't start your day with God, you're not going to walk with him. He might bring something along in your life. He might bring a Methuselah along in your life to get your attention. Because he wants to walk with you. We need to cultivate a relationship after being reconciled to God. Listen, if you have 70 years, somebody figured this up. If you have 70 years, you'll sleep 24 years of your life. You'll spend 14 years of your life working. You'll spend 8 years of your life in amusement. You'll spend 6 years of your life at the dinner table, if people still eat at the dinner table anymore. We try to do that. That's a tradition that we want to keep up. Five years of your life will be spent traveling. That's why your back hurts so much. Four years of your life will be spent in conversation. Three years of your life in education. This is just, these are average numbers. Three years of your life reading, three years of your life watching television. I think these days, put together reading and television and just call it 
screen time, six years probably of your life in screen time. If you were to go to church every Sunday for 70 years, spend five minutes, just five minutes praying each morning and each night, all right? One time on Sunday, five minutes praying each morning and five minutes each night, you would only give five months of your life to the Lord. Don't do that. Give 70 years of your life to the Lord. You say, how can I do that? Just walking with God. Just a continual, unceasing, unhindered, progressive, deepening fellowship relationship with God is what we should do. You say, well, a lot of my years are gone. Well, that's what I was saying. Don't look back on the 65 years, Enoch. Look forward to the 300 years. Look forward to eternity with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. You need more than Sunday morning and 10 minutes with the Lord every day. You need more than that. Now, thirdly and lastly, we need to live in anticipation of the rapture of the church. If you look back to Genesis 5, just briefly here, we need to live in anticipation of the rapture. So three words, reconciliation, relationship, and rapture. That's what it means for a New Testament Christian to walk with God. First of all, if you're out of fellowship with God, if your relationship with Him is not right, be reconciled. If you're not saved today, be reconciled with God and start walking with God early. If you are saved and you're out of fellowship and you're crossways with God, be reconciled and get back in line with His will. You can do it in just a few moments. And then seek a deeper relationship with God. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. Live in light of the rapture of the church. Verse 23, And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So that means he just kept walking with God all the way to the day when God just said, we're closer to my house than we are to yours. Why don't you just come home with me? One of these days, the Lord is going to say, why don't you just come home? He's going to send his son and his son's going to come back and he's going to gather his bride to the church. And we're living in the last days. The signs are all around us. These are dark, depressing days, I know. And we're going to see more and more opposition and more and more persecution. But we can walk with God in these last days. You say, I don't see anybody else walking with God. No one else in my family is that serious. You just worry about you. You just keep praying. You don't know who God is working on. What would happen if you didn't walk with God? You ever think about that? What would happen if you didn't walk with God? Whose lives would be left untouched? And then one day when the Lord comes back, don't you want to be found? Don't you want to be found right in the center of his will? Listen, if you don't walk with God and if you aren't living in light of that rapture and you're living every day just like every other worldling and you think tomorrow you're going to wake up and there's going to be another day and there'll be another day after that and there'll be another day after that, you're living just like the world and you know better. And you know what's going to happen to the people that you know when the Lord does come back. Right? You know what's going to happen. What if, what if uh, I told you some testimonies? 
what if me and my cousin Johnny and, and uh, my brother and my mom and my dad, what if we weren't walking with the Lord? However imperfect our walk is, what if we weren't walking with the Lord? What would happen to Christine that I told you about? What would happen to my nephew Ryan that I told you about? What would happen to Everett if his daddy wasn't walking with the Lord? What would happen to our church if Pastor Freeman wasn't walking with the Lord? But look, look at all the good that is done because they are. Because we are. And heaven will tell the story of all the ways that God has used our lives. Because we're living in light of that great truth. That pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's coming back soon. And when he does... He's going to review your life and he's going to review my life and we will find out who truly walked with God. And then will come the tears. Then will come the tears. And there'll be more tears at the great white throne judgment. I don't think the tears are wiped away until after the great white throne judgment. And when we see people that we knew, and listen, we'll say, I got blood on my hands. Blood on my hands. People that I knew, and I wasn't walking with God, I wasn't taking it seriously, and they're going out into a Christless eternity, separated from God forever. They're going to see you, you're going to see them. You see? God help us this morning. This is not just another message this morning. God help us to make the commitment that, Lord, from here on out, I'm going to walk with you. Just a simple walk with the Lord. That's all it is. Simple faith, spending time with the Lord, obeying the Lord. You can't have a reconciliation with God unless you're obeying his commandments. That's all it is. And watch what God will do with it. You don't have to be a, a flaming, fiery evangelist. Just walk with the Lord. You know what? If you are, people will know. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet with heads bowed. We're going to have Brother Randy come ahead and he's going to lead us in a song. And I just want you to take a moment as I pray, just to commit yourself once again to the Lord, just by faith now. I know what you're saying. The older you get, the, the less you start to believe that you can actually do it. The more you've been through, the more times you've failed, the more you start to doubt whether it's even possible in these last days to walk with God. Or I don't know what might be happening, the turmoil in your heart, but just once again, just recommitting yourself to the Lord. And really, folks, it's a, it's a daily thing of committing yourself to the Lord to walk with Him. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that uh, though we are sinful, God, though, though our lives are very uh, displeasing to you before we get saved, there's many things that we do that, that you do not approve of. It's impossible for us, being unsaved, being in the image of Adam, it's impossible for us to please you without faith. But I thank you, Lord, that we can come to Jesus Christ and place all of our faith and trust in him. And then you look down on us and you smile and you're pleased with us because of what Christ has done for us. 
and because we placed our faith in him. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk by faith, to commit ourselves once again this Sunday morning to walk with you throughout the course of this week. And Lord, help us just to do that in a simple way of faith and dependence upon you each day. We pray that your blessed Holy Spirit would empower us and enable us to walk with you. Pray that you'd give us victory. Pray that you'd cheer our hearts. You'd increase our faith. But Lord, it only takes a little, just the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. And Lord, just to walk with you, to talk with you, to read your word, to pray every day. And Father, uh, to be the real thing. And all the way until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. And Lord, we look forward to you coming back. I pray, Father, that when you do come back, all of us, everyone here, will be found just doing what you've, what, what, just your will for our lives. And just walking with you right in the center of your will. Bless us now. Bless our commitment this morning. Father, if there's one here that's not saved today, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that they'd be reconciled with you, that they'd be bought from a place of being a sinner and being uh, at enmity with you, being enemies in their minds by wicked works, that they would repent of that and come to you and trust you for forgiveness and cleansing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you'd bless this church now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. What's our song? Page 4A.